Welcome to CoreCentric Conversations, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of CoreCentric Conversations. I'm Kelly Barner, and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm joined by two members of the CoreCentric team to share some exciting news. But first, let me do a couple of quick introductions. Joe Payne is the SVP of Sourcing and Procurement for CoreCentric. He has spent his entire career working with many different companies, ranging from mid-sized and large companies to the Fortune 100, to optimize their sourcing and procurement strategies. As a strategic sourcing consultant, he has worked to identify each company's unique sourcing needs, identify optimal areas for improvement, and ensure a tailored approach that drives performance improvement. And I'm also joined by Jennifer Ulrich. She is the Vice President of Advisory at CoreCentric, and she is recognized industry-wide as an authority on procurement, finance, digital transformation, and category management with over a decade's worth of consulting experience. Jen has successfully led large-scale organizational improvement initiatives across various industries, including biotech, finance, utilities, healthcare, medical devices, pharmaceuticals, and consumer packaged goods. So hi, Jen and Joe. Welcome to CoreCentric Conversations. Thanks for having us. Hey, Kelly. All right, Joe. We made people wait long enough. Let me come to you first. What is the good news? Well, I'm really excited to announce that CoreCentric has been named a leader in the 2023 ISG Provider Lens Report in three different categories our technology platform, our P2P managed services, and our advisory services offering. And this is really exciting for me because it tells me what we've been building at CoreCentric over the last four years through acquisitions of Source One, through acquisitions of Determine and Vendorin, uh, and trying to connect all those dots that we're really aligning with a gap in the market and that our value proposition is something that customers are really looking for. And I wanted to point out too that, you know, the ISG provider lens, they break things out into two categories, large accounts. So think about Fortune 100 accounts, as well as mid-market. And we were named a leader in both areas, but in mid-market is where we really shine. If you think about those quadrants, we're in the upper left, um, all the way up in the upper left um, in the mid-market quadrant. And you know, I think it's ultimately because of the holistic solution offering that we put together. You know, if if you're a, a finance organization or a procurement organization, and you're looking to do a big transformation, you'd likely need to you know go to a technology provider, and you know decide what technology you wanted to buy, and then go to an implementation partner to help implement that. If you want to do any outsourcing or extension of your existing team, you need to go find a managed services provider. You'd likely need an advisory firm to help you through the transformation process. And if you wanted to make sure you got ROI from that technology, you'd probably go out to a a group purchasing organization or maybe a payments company or a combination of sourcing, GPO, and payments to make sure you're getting ROI from that. And for us, we have all those solutions under in one house. And so instead of having to, you know, having a problem to solve and needing to go out to five or more different companies to solve that problem, you can get it all through CoreCentric's offering. 
Well, congratulations, of course, for this recognition. It's, uh, I'm sure, well appreciated, but also hard earned. There's a lot of work that goes into all of this. Jen, let me bring you in and, and get your thoughts. You know, as a member of the advisory practice, you see this sort of broad approach that CoreCentric offers play out for customers. Why is it worth partnering with a company that's able to handle advisory, tech implementation, GPO, all of these different things Joe talked about, as opposed to bringing in multiple different companies and providers? So I think what intrigues me the most about this vision of having it all in one place is that the individuals in the delivery side, which is, uh, you know, my team and and my cross-functional partners, were more invested in the long-term success of the customer and what they're getting from the solution. Um, so not just the technology, but the services as well, when I talk about solution, because... Um, because you know we're the ones here actually implementing the, the tools. We're making sure that the customer is happy throughout their entire life cycle. So when when you're a part of the company versus a partner, um, you're just going to be naturally more invested in the success of the customer because it it means more to you. Because um, you know there's more uh, customer life cycle you can see throughout the longevity of it, right? But then also. Um, I think what is uh, a nice benefit too is we're we are the experts in our own tools and our own mm-hmm. solutions. You know, from an advisory standpoint, the team is pretty diverse in not only um, having that background in the technology, but also in best practices as it relates to procurement and finance and everything that goes with it. So bringing that all together is just, I don't know, I think it's a really compelling story for our customers uh, because of everything that we can do without having to step outside the bounds of our company. Now, part of why we always start these sessions with a quick biography certainly is so that listeners have some context, but so many times what we talk about in a conversation, it's, it's important to know people's past experiences. And Joe, based on what both of you have shared, Corecentric is clearly a unique place to work. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on how the experience of working with your current team compares to where else you've worked in your career, especially, you know, like a much bigger firm. How would you compare the differences in in opportunity and experience? Yeah, you know, I think there are really two components to that. And, And the first is tied to customer delivery and really what the reality of that situation is in a larger firm versus in a company that's focused on supporting the mid-market. So if you think about larger firms, they're really, it's kind of like trying to turn around the Titanic if you want to make a change, right? It's very hard for them to shift approaches just due to the nature of being so large. And because of that, they want to put customers into their own box, right? They have a pre-built box tied to outsourcing or managed services. It may tweak a little bit depending on what industry you're in, but for them to say, you know, customer A is different than customer B is different than customer C. We're going to customize each one of these. It's just not part of their value proposition to be able to do that. And they do the same on the advisory side, right? All the big advisory firms and even the BPOs with advisory components They have a a transformation roadmap. They have a maturity model. They assess where you are in that model and they want to move you to best in class. And it's always about moving you from where you are to best in class. And then they have a playbook, depending on where you are, to take you there. The problem with that 
is that I think a lot of these advisory firms and BPOs haven't really caught up to what we know to be true, which is that the tactical and compliance-driven procurement and AP functions of the past are no longer relevant. You know, and that companies, especially mid-market companies, they're not looking for lift and shift, right? They're not saying, take my existing processes, move them to uh, uh, another country so we can get some labor arbitrage and then break it out into these individual components so that you can assembly line it and create some further efficiencies. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a more strategic, customer-driven approach, right? So instead of saying, you know, let's shift all this overseas, what they're saying is I need folks that are strategic and that are going to help my team be more strategic. And I think the other firms out there, they understand this, but their models really haven't changed to reflect that. And for a lot of large customers and Fortune 500 um, that are growing quickly, trying to fix their existing processes, policies, technology team, you name it, um, they're seeing that the bigger firms, they just can't keep up with that. And what we've built is truly an answer to that problem. So the team that we have is very much customer service oriented. When you think about managed accounts payable or managed procurement or managed sourcing, these are customer service driven folks looking to help growing companies scale and adapt. And also that we're not really looking to take it all over. I think a big component of the larger firms is they're looking for large three, five-year engagements, and they're looking for a full outsourcing of procurement or AP. I never recommend, you know, full outsourcing of procurement, right? Right. Because if it's done properly, if it's done right, procurement can create a strategic advantage for companies Um, by the way they engage with stakeholders, by the way they engage with suppliers. And so what I'm trying to do with our team is to replicate that process. And I think it's paying off. You know, we've seen on the managed services side over the last two years, as we've built the model out, 400% growth in our managed service solution. And our advisory solution is doing really well too. It's more established, but it's got 30% growth that we're seeing coming into this year. The second big component, I think, or difference between, you know, the bigger firms and what we can do at CoreCentric is, is tied to career path. And I actually come from Accenture. I started my career there. You know, I, I loved the way we could manage really big projects. And, and I learned a lot about how to do that. At an Accenture, these big firms, they say you can create your own career path, but it's the same idea of, of moving the Titanic, right? It's really more about finding where you fit into their existing career path and then doing your best to, to, to grow within those boundaries. For us, you know, I've got a lot of folks who came in in entry-level positions and have grown into senior leaders of the company. Have they done that by really focusing on the subject matter expertise that they want to build and coming to us and other leaders in the company and saying, hey, I think there's a gap here. There's something that I can build and create. And, that, and then us enabling them to do those things. So I think those are the two big areas that I've seen from a difference is that customer delivery side and then the career path of the team that we have. And based on that, Jen, let me actually ask you a a question. This is sort of like a time-tested thing that procurement always struggles with. You know, to what extent is it the technology? To what extent is it talent and access to services and expertise? As you're working with companies that are on transformation journeys, how do you go about striking that unique but right fit balance between the tech and the consulting or the advisory practice? 
Yeah. You know, I would say that it takes some finesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not easy. Um, and I say that as I'm, I'm in the middle of an implementation right now where this is the wheels are turning and I'm thinking, I'm already trying to figure out the best way to go about this because the customer is very, very immature and they're taking baby steps towards automation, starting with digitization, but we're going to come back. And this is during our technology implementation advisory is um, help enabling this customer. And we're thinking through how are we going to basically paint this picture of if you want to achieve your objectives, your organizational objectives, you have to think a little bit bigger than... um, just good enough, right? And that's yes. actually how we're kind of even phrasing it in this one to really, really pare it down is there's a good, better, best scenario here. And you're not quite ready for best. You've got good with the with what you've already bought, but you could probably be better and it wouldn't take much effort. So it's all about how do you get to better a little bit more quickly. And that's, I think, where we're really different here mm-hmm. because every scenario we take as an individual um, situation where it's not just, you know, opening up a filing cabinet and saying, okay, I have this problem. I have to go, here's a solution, right? Every single time it's a highly consultative approach. And and how do we solve the problem for this very particular customer with this very particular need in a way that will work for their culture, uh, bringing forth that consulting and technology component. That's how we do it for all of our customers. Everything is, is customized, which you know, if, if you would have asked me years ago, is that going to be scalable? And I, I would have said, no, probably not, but it has been. And it's what keeps our customers happy. And it's what keeps them coming back over and over again is because they don't feel like they're just put into a black box and mm. here's what you get. Um, oh, and we're also going to charge a fortune to do that. No offense, but um, <laughs> those, those bigger firms typically charge a lot more. Okay. I think that's being a part of a, t- a consulting Team, a part of a technology company enables us to have access to the tools that we need to make our customers successful without breaking the bank. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this as well, because no matter where we're starting and where we're moving to, there's always a change element and change is mm-hmm. hard. It, it doesn't always feel good. What is the mindset among your team members about change and how you approach it internally, as well as how you support clients through the change process, even though they very much want to get where they're going, you have to sort of help them through the early phases of change. How do you think about and approach change management? I would say that from change management perspective, um, it's part of our innate culture here. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, thinking about where Joe and I came from, a small consulting firm to now where we are today, and the history of CoreCentric, it's actually built from a lot of smaller companies to become a bigger company. So we all have that entrepreneurial mindset, I think, is just naturally part of our culture. And that carries over to our customers and thinking about how are they going to embrace this change? How are they going to think about this? And how do we make sure that we're building a plan that they can adapt to and not go too fast? I think that's the biggest challenge is when for a customer who's very self-aware and knows how um, immature their processes and technology is, they they see the vision, they see the ability to be better, and they want to get there as quickly as possible, even, even though sometimes they move uh, probably a little more quickly than they're ready for. It's getting them to slow down and say, okay, here are the things you need to think about to make sure that this actually sticks, that you actually are successful. And that might mean slowing down a little bit and taking yeah. a step back. 
But I think that's, it's interesting that I still see so many customers sort of um, not thinking through the change element enough. And if you think about the core of change management is the people side, right? It's, it's how are the people going to react? And I think it's, it's sort of, it's interesting. And again, thinking back to that, the, the implementation I'm supporting right now, and I was talking to our change, uh, our senior consultant in change today, and we're having this conversation about how the people element still gets forgotten about. Even in a technology implementation, they think I'm going to buy this technology. It's going to make their lives better. They're going to appreciate it because of that. Now, they don't take enough time, I think, sometimes to really think about how it's impacting individuals that may have been doing this job for a really long time. They might know it's going to be efficient and better, but that doesn't mean we don't need to slow down and make sure that they really understand the impact and what they're going to do instead. What are they going to do with all this extra time they have, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> they, you know, they're so used to maybe um, chasing down invoices or whatever the case is that doing something different isn't going to necessarily be easy because like you said, change is hard. Change is, it's something different, whether it's better or worse, it's different and it takes time to get there. And we, uh, as consultants or as the leaders of those organizations need to be thoughtful um, about that and make sure that the people that got us to where we are today are considered, um, that their their mindset is taken into consideration here and in terms of how the change is actually rolling out. Yeah. Now, Joe, I want to give you an opportunity to share any final thoughts, but also if you have any advice for people that want to learn more about this exciting recognition, um, if there are any next steps that you would recommend, um, but as well, you know, any final thoughts that you have around balance of tech, what's unique at CoreCentric, dealing with change. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground today and I'll give the final word to you. Yeah, I would say, you know, the the main thing I would like to, to say about the ISG report is that it aligns to what we've always thought, which is companies are looking for business outcomes. They're not looking for point solutions and it's great to be recognized in that regard. And then to your point, Kelly, if folks want to learn more, please go to our website, which is www.corecentric.com. There'll be a banner on the front page where you can learn more about the ISG report as well as our solutions. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jen. Congratulations to the CoreCentric team. And of course, thank you to everyone who joined us for this conversation. Tune into future episodes of CoreCentric Conversations for insight into the topics of most important to spend management professionals today. Thanks for joining this CoreCentric Conversation, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. We hope you found our discussion useful. With each episode, it's our goal to give you insight on how to lead change your organization. Get started by visiting us at corecentric.com. That's C-O-R-C-E-N-T-R-I-C dot com.